welcome back to Subject to Cross. That's your host, P. Kratza. I'm his co-host, Caroline Donato. Uh, so you're making me talk first. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't really like speaking first, but we were going to talk briefly um, about an article that I saw in the uh, Daily Local. What's the Daily Local? Our local newspaper. Okay. Don't make me throw this at you. It was written by Mike Relihan. I don't have the actual date. Uh, it looks like it was Monday, July 19th. And the uh, headline is, Are Comfort Dogs Meant for Criminal Trials? Um, long story short, the public defender's office is appealing to the Supreme Court the issue of whether it was uh, prejudicial to okay. the extent... I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this. No, why? Because it's it's you gotta start broad and narrow in. There was a trial. And in See, the trial wait, well, hold on. <laughs> this is why I don't lead. All right? I'll you lead. lead. Okay. And you you then narrow it down. I don't lead. There even was know a trial means. in Chester County in which a complainant testified with a therapy dog. It wasn't a complainant, it was a witness. Or a witness, it wasn't even the victim. Mm-mm. Mm. A witness testified with a therapy dog. It was a murder dog. trial. The complainant was unavailable. Yes. Okay. Thank you for filling that in. You read the article more thoroughly than I did. But there was a dog, a therapy did dog. Did you even read the article? I skimmed it. Yeah. I saw what... I saw but you want to leave. Some... Should we start over? <laughs> no. Okay. There was an appeal I after a trial. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Oh, my God. All right. So there's a murder trial. A young... Uh, girl testifies and the judge allowed upon the request of the district attorney for her to have a comfort dog present with her when she testified the issue is whether having a comfort dog without predicate um justification and we'll talk about that is there justification for having a comfort well, dog? yeah i mean you're allowed to i've read a see i do further research not only do i do more than skim articles caroline I mean, at least one of us takes this thing seriously. I read a law review article on all dogs go to court, the impact of court facility dogs as comfort for child witnesses on a defendant's right to a fair trial. Rather unwieldy title, but it's a law review Well, it's article. a child witness. Well, yeah, this is child witnesses, but the point is that this was a child witness in, in the Chester County case, too. The um, Basically, the, the calculus is that the way courts have justified, and there's like two, there's acts, there's a uniform um, suggested, I forget the name of it, but there are multiple acts, legislative pieces that are um, designed to make it easier, and this is reasonable, for children to testify because of the trauma of testifying, whether it's remote testimony, whether it is uh, testifying with only the defense lawyer and not the defendant in the room, like a a videotape deposition, or testifying via a, a closed circuit TV uh, from another room that progressed to them being allowed to bring dolls up, you know, to help them uh, relax, to having a uh, guardian ad litem um, in the courtroom with them, even up to the stand. And all these um, accommodations are justified by our legislators and then judges on the theory that a calm, and non-hysterical witness is more likely to advance fact-finding. Um, the issue, obviously, I mean, they are, they're obvious to this defense attorney anyway. When, when, for instance, someone is allowed to bring a doll, or in this case, an animal, to the stand with them, 
the arguments are, and the, the arguments advanced by the public defender's office um, are not unique, that they're buttressing the credibility of this, of this witness. They are engendering sympathy of the jury for the witness. They are um, basically, you know, the argument can be made that they're basically showing what a scary guy the defendant is, that this person needs to bring a comfort dog up to testify against them. So there are a lot of due process arguments um, you know, that, can, that, that this would uh, upset a fair trial by having a, a dog. And by the way, why aren't there comfort cats? Oh, no one's comforted by a cat but you. I, I literally, that was very upsetting to me. <laughs> I need my comfort cat. I don't dogs. Why do you need a comfort dog? They, the cats, I just want these principles. Are, they sit in your lap. They purr. Wilbur, whatever. Wilbur purrs. So, so the argument, this is from the article. Uh, not only do these attributes naturally engender sympathy, but this scenario has a very real probability to lead the jury to prejudicially infer that the witness is so afraid that the of the defendant that he or she needs the extraordinary measure of a dog to testify against the defendant. Um, our pro our uh, district attorney, Deb Ryan, um, is quoted as saying, what we're hoping with this case that we handled here demonstrated there's clearly a need for certain vulnerable victims or witnesses to have the additional comfort of a dog. This was in an interview to another uh, publication. We already afford that special kind of accommodation for certain types of cases, so this may be something that levels the playing field for us. How does that line make you feel? Um, let me continue first. This is all about us being truth seekers and trying to figure out what happened, Ryan said. There are certain victims and witnesses who are vulnerable or fragile or have fear or anxiety without having the assistance of a comfort dog are incapable of testifying. So for us, this is potentially a huge win for victims and witnesses in our pursuit of justice. It smells okay. like Marcy's Law. So so here's the, here's the deal. Uh, one, they didn't make inadequate, the, the PD is arguing, that the prosecutor's office in this case didn't make um, a record to establish that the judge, um, um, you know, should have allowed the comfort dog. There are, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, hurdles that you need to establish that she has a rapport with the dog, that, you know, that she is traumatized, other than they, they I think they said when she called the prosecutors told the judge that she was so traumatized at having to confront the defendant that she needed the assistance of a, a Labrador canine officer with the county sheriff's office. Um, and what the PD says is when asked by the court to identify, to identify the specific reason for the request, the Commonwealth did not specify the witness's age, developmental disability, uh, only the witness's concern for her safety. There was also no testimony regarding whether utilizing the comfort dog would help her provide truthful testimony. Of note, there was no evidence that she had interacted with the dog in the past and the dog had calmed or alleviated her fear. Those are normally what you establish when you bring in, in for instance, if you have a child victim, this, he has an attachment or he has an attachment to this dog. The dog's going to facilitate calm and credible testimony. It's going to uh, advance fact-finding, truthfulness. There was no such showing here. They just said, she's afraid, let her bring a dog up. Um, the, other, what, the other thing that I can't understand, um, what, what the Commonwealth argued in their brief, our friend Mr. Walshberger, first, while dogs are a well-liked species, not every person likes them, guilty, Your Honor, uh, or feels comfortable. It's not that I don't like dogs, it's the cats are better. 
Second, and of vital importance, in this case, the trial court did not make any reference to the dog being a comfort dog, but rather a service dog. Oh, well, I'm sure that made all the difference in the world. But then this is the one that got me. Third, and most importantly, the comfort dog was never seen by the jury, he said. How's that How? possible? She was testifying in the courtroom. Did the dog come up, like, from the basement? Like, is there a secret dog compartment in the floor? And how do you know the jury? Did they poll the jury to see whether the jury saw the dog? All right, whatever. But the point is that, a couple things. One, level the playing field. I told you that that, with all due respect to Miss Ryan, that, that um, got to me a little bit. The level playing field. Normally, when we're in a courtroom, the, the defendant has you, maybe me, right, or one or both of us. We might have one investigator. The um, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has a prosecutor's office with 30 lawyers, ha- however many investigators, a local police department. They got a jury that crime, gonna, crime victim, crime advocate. victims advocate. They're not really going to like our client based only on the accusations. Most of the judges are former prosecutors. I'm like level playing and field. Not you only talk that, about a level playing field. Pete, not only that. Sorry. No, I'm glad you're passionate about something today. Oh. Not only that, but the prejudice of of the terminology itself, victim and defendant. You mistake sassiness for passion. I was passionate in the courtroom today, not sassy. When you were sitting back with your legs folded, looking at your phone? I was, I was attempting to look dispassionate, but I was engaged, man. <laughs> but, yeah, level the playing field is one thing. Um, Again, and, that's with and all due respect, that's, and it's a throwaway line, but the point is, the level, I got news for the listener. The playing field ain't level, all right? It ain't level, and it ain't level, uh, it, it's, not, it's not tilted toward our side. It's to the other side. It's to the they prosecution. They have resources that, um, I don't care how wealthy you are and what you can afford for us to do, we're never going to match the manpower that, uh, am I still allowed to say manpower, or is it person power? Is manpower, I mean, it's a term. You're giving me a look like I don't know whether I said something wrong or not. I want you to navigate this journey on your own. Okay. Um, until you interrupt me. But the, the point is that I, I do have an issue. I understand and I do not disparage that it is difficult for children to testify, particularly when they themselves are the victim. Um, but on the other hand, bringing a fluffy dog up to the witness stand um, and you know they're gonna they're not gonna bring like some Rottweiler up there. It's gonna be some black lab or you know some dog that dog people like. Um, and it is gonna engender sympathy. It is going to tell the jury that um, what a bad guy this is. Poor Missy needs to bring a dog up just to testify against him. So I it, it's a slippery slope, man. Um, I really in, in reading the law the um, law review article, you know the justification. Doesn't really resonate with me. What that is that article? Oh. The, the justification is that it advances fact finding because it's a calmer witness and you're more likely to get the, the truth. Well, guess what? They can be calm by testifying closed circuit. They can be testified by having me in the courtroom with them. Um, I think a dog, it, it can be distracting. It can distract a witness. It can distract the, the jury. Um, and I don't think it's a very good idea. What about if it's okay for... Commonwealth or government witnesses who are traumatized to use a dog, can it also be applied to a defendant who's testifying? I don't see why not. Can we file some motions in limine? Uh, no. I, it, a cat. 
I'll bring. I want a therapy cat. I want Wilbur to get his license, and then we bring him in. He sits on the lap. Everybody sees Wilbur. He snores. It's not distracting at all, and he gives comfort. Are you going to bill separately for Wilbur? No. Is there going to be a separate fee agreement? No, it's it's a perk. What's, what's Wilbur's hourly rate? No, it's a perk. Oh, it's a perk. Yeah. So next I can see, like, you're going to put Wilbur on the website, right? Right under our yeah. faces. No, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, but right. can I can I say the line that irks me? Irks? It irks okay. me. This is all about us being truth seekers and trying to figure out what happened, Ryan said. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's what they think they're doing. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't find that particularly irksome. Well, I didn't find your level playing field as irksome as that one. Fine. Fine. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so, you know, again, um, I'm, I'm reading this law review article again. Dogs help children throughout the judicial process. Um, they, there's a, having coherent, articulate witnesses. That's what the benefit of dogs are. I don't buy it. Maybe it's because I'm a cat person. We've never had that issue in our practice, having a comfort dog, but it sounds like maybe the uh, kennel doors are opening now and they're going to try to bring more and more of them in every time they have a child witness, and I'll object every time. And I'll, I'll make a counter motion and eliminate to admit a dog with our witnesses who are Did equally traumatized. Did I tell you about the time that, um, I think I, you weren't in a courtroom, I don't think, but I had a hearing in front of a judge and I had to use my own uh, computer and all my cat pictures were on there. Yeah. Did we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, we've talked yeah. about it. Yeah. I have you, more cat pictures. You thought that was well, real my silly. Fam- my family's away, I send them cat pictures. There could be worse. What? There could be oh, worse. Yeah, absolutely, it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of comfort, um, one of the things I just wanted to tack on to the end of this episode, unless you have more to say on no, this. No, I'm good. I'm okay. all, all dogged out. We'll just sit in that for a second. Dog tired. <laughs> Do you want me to start with puns? I want you to stop. All right. Um, one, one more point of comfort. So I'm learning that clients of ours are listening to this podcast. And one of the themes we touched upon in previous episodes is about uh, a client being truthful with their lawyer. Some lawyers don't want to know the truth. We are lawyers who do want to know the truth. And I have learned... Um, I am dogged in my pursuit of the truth. All right, I'll stop. Could you just... I'll, I'll stop. I'll could stop. you just tell me how much more you're going to do of that today so I can manage my expectations? Our colleague, Duke Schneider, is the master of the pun. I can't even, like, begin to compete, so I'll stop. Okay. One thing that our clients are reacting to is when they do tell us the truth and me in particular and I don't react mad ever. You're not rough on them. Oh jeez. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Wait, okay. So what you're saying is that they're afraid of your reaction if they tell you the truth? No, I think pe- I think people who are Maybe accused you need of being nicer. No, it's not me. It's not a personal thing. No. I think I I have some quite fine bedside manner, but it's it's when you're accused of a, a crime or someone's being accused of something and there's a different side to it, they don't know how that side's going to be portrayed. And in building that trust with the client, when they describe that side, I've had multiple clients recognize that it's not a bad thing to be completely honest with your lawyer. In fact, it's a comfort. And I just want to reiterate that, especially because we have 
many of them who are now listening to the podcast and finding comfort and learning about their lawyers. My God, our clients listen to this. Yes. That's why I'm tacking this on to. Uh, uh, I'm not convinced anybody listens to this. They don't tell your clients aren't telling you that. Uh, well, no, because one of the, I, I would have hoped that you've learned this from me already. Mm. One of the things, one of the first things I tell uh, clients is that I want the truth. You know, I don't want half truths. I don't want um, what you think I want to, you know, hear, um, because my advice is going to be based upon the truth. Right. Well, I and start with that too. Oh, well, apparently my clients listen to me and your clients don't trust you. I don't know where you got that from <laughs> because at no point did I say that. I think we're getting to the point of diminishing returns. I've been in this room way too long. Yeah. I okay. am like a caged animal. Well, we're going to probably chop most there. of that out. <laughs> 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 All right, Pete, anything else you want to add until we podcast in another five months? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's been like how many months? It's been since March. Uh, we need to be more consistent with this. Um, I think we should start having guests. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. I'm sure people are bored as hell listening to you and me. I'm bored Primarily listening you. to me. <laughs> I told you on the way here. I I don't need to be here. You could run this whole thing, and I, I would be just it. fine. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be able to turn the machine on. It's 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 the red button. There's three red buttons. No, there's three red lights. There's one red button. Uh, there's no way I'd figure that out. Okay, but. I will say. You know what that looks like? A Walkman. Is, are, were Walkman around when you were uh, like a teenager or teenager. listening to music? iPods were around when I was a yeah, teenager. Yeah, so we had Walkman. They were uh, they were like bulky. That's like why that. you're jolly 50s, man. Uh, now I'm throwing this at you. But if I, if I never had to hear my voice on a podcast again, I'd be happy. I'd be mm. happy to step aside. You come in here by yourself with a guest. Well, I don't listen to this. Unless you tell me I have to listen to like no, we have to see what we've said before. That's what you're for, man. I don't listen to this. Okay, well, listen. It's Friday afternoon. It's past two o'clock. Your bedtime's coming. I have to work still. (laughs) All right, listener. Signing off. If you have any questions, if you want to hear any special guests, you know, investigators. Bill Cosby. No. (laughs) (laughs) Investigators Uh, or expert witnesses, other lawyers, whatever you're interested in. Email us at subject to cross at com. Signing off. Say bye, Pete. Be nice. Goodbye. <laughs>